Now here's a picture I never thought I'd paint for you. Imagine you're in ancient Rome. You're a wealthy citizen of the city, so you have access to running water and public baths, the first of their kind. You're bathing, washing your skin and your hair. And on the other side of the city, someone else, with less wealth and lower on the hierarchy than you, is cleaning dirty wool and newly picked cotton to weave into cloth. Which of these ancient Romans, do you think, is using soap? Hello, I am your host, Shannon Lore, and I'm an entrepreneur, mother, and consumer who thinks a lot about what I buy, especially when it comes to home, food, and beauty. I truly believe that taking charge of the toxins and pollutants in our own families is a huge step in changing the world. With many episodes under 10 minutes, I'll offer quick tips towards healthier, more sustainable living without overwhelm or shame. This is the Clean Living Podcast. The Romans and Greeks pioneered running water and public baths, but they wouldn't have dreamed of using soap to clean their skin. Instead, men and women soaked their entire bodies in water and then smeared themselves with scented olive oils. While there is evidence of early soap used in ancient times, historians agree that it was used for laundry detergent, to clean cotton fibers or sheared wool before weaving it into cloth rather than for human hygiene. Despite advances in skincare, soap sold on the market today is essentially the same thing, detergent. We're actually worse off than the ancient Romans because in our case, it's synthetic detergent. Unless it's artisanally made, small batch, or made from natural raw materials, a bar of soap you'll find in the grocery store, let's say ivory or lever, may contain some of the same ingredients as real soap, like animal or vegetable fats, but they are not, in the legal-slash-chemical sense, actually soap. And yet, soap is sold to us as a must for cleaning our bodies. We're told it's a necessity for removing dirt, oil, and dead skin cells. My guess is that most of us wouldn't feel clean if we got out of the shower having just rinsed with water. But according to scientists and many dermatologists, soap might actually be one of those things that does more harm than good. According to various studies over the years that you can find on PubMed and I'll link to in the show notes, it's been well documented that conventional soaps can wreak havoc on the skin by changing its pH, destroying healthy bacteria, and stripping away vital oils which could help to explain why conditions such as eczema, psoriasis, and acne have been rising steadily over the decades, despite advances in modern medicine. As I mentioned in the hand sanitizer episode from last season, soap is great for stripping away germs. But you can't strip away the bad stuff without also stripping away the good stuff. The protective oil on our skin is the good stuff. It's there to maintain a healthy balance in our skin's barrier function by helping to minimize dryness, fine lines and wrinkles, fight breakouts, level out unbalanced pH levels, and protect against environmental damage. So when you strip the skin of those oils with a synthetic detergent, aka soap, conventional soap, what do you think happens? 
You get skin that is overly sanitized and lacking the trillions of microbes colonizing our skin and our gut microbiomes that, put simply, allow us to live healthier lives. It seems like every week, microbiologists are learning more about the incredibly complex systems that make up our microbiome. The relationship we have with our germs and bacteria helps our developing immune systems, protects us from pathogens, and reduces our risk of autoimmune conditions. Autoimmune conditions like eczema or psoriasis, for example. And as we learn more about the science, there is convincing evidence that scrubbing off our skin microbiome, as well as the natural oils on which these good microbes feed, is not the answer to quote-unquote clean and healthy bodies. I can hear you through the microphone right now, worrying about how you'll smell if you ditch the soap or the body wash. Or maybe worrying about how your partner is going to smell if I tell you it's time to ditch soap altogether. But don't worry, we have options. Going soapless isn't going to be an assault on your personal hygiene. The first thing, though, is to ditch the body wash or conventional soap that has any type of synthetic fragrance in it. If you're a new listener, you can go back to the fragrance episode to learn more about why it's problematic in just about anything. In researching this episode, I came across Dr. James Hamblin, who is the author of the book Clean, The New Science of Skin. In 2016, he wrote an article about his decision to stop showering altogether that went viral. It's a really compelling read, and I'll link to it in the show notes. One of the things that stood out as interesting to me is that the stigma of body odor began as an advertising strategy in the 1920s. And in turn, it helped quadruple the sales of Life Buoy Soap. A hundred years later, we are now more perfumed, more exfoliated, and more moisturized than ever. Am I saying I want to live in a world surrounded by the smell of B.O.? No. But I do wonder why just the normal human smell became such a bad thing, right? Why is it that we have to smell like flowers or pine trees, or tropical fruits. The only reason we associate those smells with being clean is because of marketing. And the more I read about the science, and and the more I read from doctors and dermatologists commenting on the whole debate, the conclusion is pretty clear to me. All you really need to clean your body is water. For your armpits and private bits, or when you're actually covered in dirt, paint or, you know, some other hard-to-wash substance, then yeah, you may need a little something extra. But we have alternative options to soap. The first one being, yep, you guessed it, coconut oil. I know. I know. I act like coconut oil is the solution to everything. I don't know. Maybe it is. But yes, coconut oil can be used as a natural cleanser in the shower, just as it can be used as a moisturizer after the shower. If you really want to feel like an ancient Roman, you can gently scrape the oil off, off of your skin while in the shower, which both cleans off the grime and exfoliates your skin. There's also dry brushing that essentially brushes off dead skin cells and any dirt. And then there are newer prebiotic body washes 
that we use in my family that are marketed as microbiome friendly. We actually use the body wash and the hand soap. My favorite brand is Olivia, and I'll link to it in the show notes at cleanlivingpodcast.com slash soap. Still not convinced? Worried you're going to be the smelly mom at school pickup? So here's what's going to happen once you start reducing the amount of conventional soap you lather on your body. Your skin microbiome is going to get better at self-cleaning. The natural oils in your skin are going to replenish and you're going to naturally produce less of the smell that we call BO. Dr. Hamlin says in the article for The Atlantic, quote, at first I was an oily, smelly beast. (laughs) The odor of bodies is the product of bacteria that live on our skin and feed off the oily secretions from the sweat and sebaceous glands at the base of our hair follicles. Applying detergents, in parentheses soaps, to our skin and hair every day disrupts a sort of balance between skin oils and the bacteria that live on our skin. But after a while, he goes on to say, your ecosystem reaches a steady state and you stop smelling bad. I mean, you don't smell like rose water or Axe body spray, but you don't smell like BO either. You just smell like a person, end quote. And I believe him. I actually have firsthand experience here as I go ahead and throw my husband under the bus. But one of his favorite party tricks is to tell people that he doesn't use shampoo. It's not actually a party trick, but it is fun to see people's reactions when he mentions this. 90% of the time, people are appalled. Some of them ask to smell his hair, and all of them say, you know, how, with wide eyes. But the truth is, his hair isn't greasy. It doesn't smell bad. It doesn't smell like passion fruit. It just smells like hair. And that's because his hair, the oils, the microbes, the skin have all reached a balanced place where it it doesn't need the help of soap or shampoo. It's able to clean itself. The same can be said for our skin. So what do you say we save the soap for hand washing, you know, after we go to the bathroom, before we eat, and save our money by not buying the scented body washes or the bars of soap? That's just not really soap. It's just another example, like the moisturizer episode from earlier this season, that we don't need all the gunk and junk the beauty industry says we need. Imagine how much money we would all save and how much money the beauty industry would lose if we were content and confident in our natural states as humans, who, you know, just smell like humans. What a novel idea, right? A link to my two favorite hand soap options that don't strip your skin. Those will be in the show notes. Again, that's at cleanlivingpodcast.com slash soap. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Clean Living Podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Moore. I want to give a quick shout out to L. Cameline, hope I said that right, for writing the first five-star review of season two of the podcast. Thank you so much, really, for taking that extra minute to say something nice about the pod. It, it, it means more to me than you know. If you listen on Apple Podcasts and haven't written a review yet, it's just a meaningful way to help more people find out about this show, and it really does mean a lot to me. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back next week.